This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Before we get into today's episode, we would like to acknowledge and pay respects to the Wondery people of the Kulin Nation who are the traditional owners of this land. We pay our deepest respects to elders past and present and to the next generation who we hope to create a different future for. The best career advice that you are not getting is to invest. Hello and welcome to Your In Good Company, a podcast that makes investing accessible for everyone. I am Maddie Guest and as always, I'm in some very good company with my co-host, Sophie Duca. Hello, Maddie Guest. How are we? We're good. That's good. I'm having this weird thing when I say the intro at the moment where I don't know whether to say investing accessible for everyone or everybody. What made you think that? I don't know. What do I normally say? I think I might have, I think I might interchange. Everyone. Accessible, investing accessible for everybody. Yeah, I don't say that. You never said that. (laughs) Okay. Glad we cleared that up. (laughs) So in this series, we are diving into companies we love and want to know whether they're a good investment. And so we're building up different investment theses or sharing our, I guess, process for doing so to help create the basis for your own research. And you guys have been loving them. Like, honestly, we've been doing the work for you. Why wouldn't you love them? <laughs> I know, but I think we're loving them too. It's yeah. been so fun. And we haven't sort of, I guess, done pure investing content for a little while. And I think we're both loving doing that again. Deep diving in. Yeah. Well, another week, another thesis from the community member. Let's jump across to hear what we're looking at today. Hey guys, quick question. I've been spending a lot of time on realestate.com lately, uh, looking to buy my first home, hopefully. Uh, And it got me thinking, is realestate.com itself a good investment? Would love to know your thoughts. Jealous that he's looking to buy a home. Good on him. Well, I also have been spending time on realestate.com scrolling because as we know, I recently moved to Sydney and the rentals there are insane. But I've never been one to sort of do that aspirational scrolling, but the places in Sydney are so insane that I've kind of started doing it. So when I go on long road trips, it's my favorite thing to do. You just have realestate.com open and you keep pressing as you move, like search this area, search this area. And like my aspirational thing is you go through regional areas of like Victoria or New South Wales and you like look at the farms. I'm obsessed. Do you want a hobby farm? Well, it's not that I necessarily do. I, they're just always so beautiful and interesting. Yeah. Like they're all really unique and I just freaking love looking at it. So I guess that sums up nicely step number one, which is to pick your opportunity. I guess for us in this situation, it's the fact that we are both spending a lot of time browsing this website. So having a think about what is actually behind it and whether or not it's a good investment. Well, Maddie, it's good to know that we're not alone because 65% of Australia's adult population check property listings, real estate news and home prices 
every month. So on that website, that is 12 million people. It's actually insane how many people are on this website. It makes me a bit scared. Like if I'm looking forever for a new rental, <laughs> uh, like it's just annoying to know there's so many people yeah, looking. That's true. <laughs> so step number two is build up the history and the story around the company and founders, just so you get the lay of the land of like what you're really looking at. Maddie, you are the historian for this week. I took on last week, so I will hand back the baton. (laughs) Can you give us a bit of a background to how realestate.com started? Well, so it all starts back in 1995. One year before (laughs) I was born. Me too. 1995 really was a year of technological innovation. So we have the launch of the first internet marketplace, eBay and Craigslist. Oh. We also have the launch of the first online dating platform, Match.com. Wow. I don't even know. Like, I don't even know what that is. Match? No. I guess you've been out of the dating game for a while. <laughs> Not that I'm on Match.com either. Um, it was <laughs> Just also, to clarify. <laughs> it was also the year of the first fully digital animated feature film, Pixar's Toy Story. Wow. And it was the year that the world's humble bookseller, otherwise known as Amazon.com, also launched. Wow. Amongst all of this is a great Australian success story, and that is REA Group, the parent of realestate.com. So you said it started in 1995. How did it start? Who were the founders, et cetera, et cetera? Like all good startups, it was founded in a garage. Its founders, Carl Sabuljak, and <laughs> along with his wife, Carmen, brother Steve, and business partner, Martin Howe, started the company. And it really was based on the idea of the internet having the potential to transform how we buy and sell property. The business IPO'd in 1999, just before the dot-com bust, Mm. and it lost pretty much 90% of its value very shortly thereafter between 1999 and 2001, but just before its complete failure as a company. It was saved by the one and only Rupert Murdoch and News Corp, who came in with a whole lot of money and basically saved the day, providing... REA Group with a much needed capital injection. They took 44% of the company, which was just realestate.com at the time, in exchange for $2 million in cash and also a commitment for $8 million worth of TV and print advertising. So in this like early stage before the, you know, the dot-com crash and Rupert Murdoch coming in, was it what it is today? Like what, was it building up like property listings on an online forum? Like was that its bread and butter? So it was what realestate.com is today. I mean, obviously it's evolved a lot as a company and we're going to get into, I guess, what REA Group is today, which is much more than realestate.com alone. The company is headquartered in Richmond in Melbourne, Australia, and it employs almost 3,000 people. Wow. So in Australia today, REA Group owns and operates realestate.com.au, which is the number one residential property website in Australia. It also has realcommercial.com.au, which is the number one commercial property website. It's got flatmates.com.au, which is the number one website dedicated to share houses. It has Smartline Home Loans and Mortgage Choice, which accounts for about 5% of all mortgage broking done in Australia. And it also has PropTrack, which is Australia's leading source of property insights, a data company that they've been able to build essentially off how much traction they have across all of those websites. Oh, so that was going to be my question. You said that they built that. Did they kind of 
build all of these segments of their business organically through funding, et cetera? Or was there ever like acquisitions of these companies? I think a bit of both. So PropTrack, for example, I understand they built up themselves based on the data that they had. And I believe the same for real commercial. You might need to fact check these though. (laughs) Flatmates, I think they acquired. Yeah. But again, could be wrong. Didn't go into that as much. But today, not only are they in Australia, they are also starting to expand geographically. So REA Group owns a controlling stake in REA India, the operator of housing.com. And in 2022, that actually became the number one property portal in India. Wow. They also have property portals, squarefoot.com.hk in Hong Kong. They have myfund.com in China. Sorry, myfund? I think so. And that's meant to be housing. Don't think too much about it. <laughs> Imagine just typing in on Google, like trying to find a housing site in China and you're like, oh yeah, my fun. Like I would just never click it. <laughs> you're making me doubt my research. Anyway, maybe just look it up whilst I keep talking. We have uh, my, a minority stake in Property Guru Group, which is an operator of property sites throughout Malaysia, Singapore, Thailand, Vietnam, and Indonesia, which recently listed on the New York Stock Exchange. Wow. And finally, they have a minority stake in Moon. which is the operator of realtor.com in the US. So really big exposure overseas as well. So if you could give a summary of like what REA Group is today in a sentence or two, what would it be? It is just the dominant property player across lots of different segments of the market in Australia and they are growing and expanding that footprint internationally. Okay, so I feel like you've given me a good history. I feel like I knew REA Group because I'm on it so freaking often. I didn't know this company. I didn't know it. I just felt like I knew it. Yeah, I didn't have anywhere near enough of an appreciation of how big they are, how much control they have over the market. Let's talk about competitors now because I think that's going to really illustrate this point. Step number three of building up an investment thesis is to know the competition. When I think of competition in the Australian market, probably the only two sites I would ever look at is like realestate.com and then this is residential, by the way, and domain. Do you look at domain? Yes, I do, as in I would look at it if I was genuinely looking for a property, if that makes Mm. sense, because I would want to see if they had any other properties available. But if I'm just browsing for my million-dollar pad for the future, it's realestate.com. Yeah. This is some pretty interesting comparisons. So Domain, like you said, is the biggest and pretty much the only competitor that I could find that is competing in a really real way in the Australian market. Yeah, I feel like when you like look up online this stuff, you get – a sense for straight away if there's like lots of competitors or like there's two big players. Yeah. And I guess if we take a step back for a second, the most important thing about this market is eyes on platform. Because Mm. ultimately, if you're going to sell your home that you own, that's going to be a really big, meaningful transaction for your personal wealth, right? Yes. And so you want to get the best price, which means you need the best advertising, which means you are going to be paying you know, pretty much whatever you need to pay in order to get the most people seeing your property to try and get the best auction. So what you're saying is like, in this case, competition, knowing competition is super important. And 
ultimately the winner here is the company that has the most eyes on the platform. So tell me about Domain. Is Domain bigger, smaller than REA Group? What's Who's bigger here? So let's start with web traffic. So we're okay. talking people who browse REA versus Domain. So around 7.15 million Aussies visit Domain each month. Pretty good number. That is compared to more than 12 million unique visitors, so different listeners, to realestate.com.au each month. So it's nearly double like seven compared to 12, like that's a big difference. It's 65% of the adult population in Australia are on REA each month, on realestate.com each month. That's a lot. It's crazy. Over half of that audience use realestate.com.au exclusively. Okay. So there's like 6 million people that only look at REA. Yeah. So when you think going back to that idea of listing your property to get the most eyes on it, realestate.com is looking much more compelling. Realestate.com gets 3.5 more monthly visits in total each month and people spend 2.6 times longer scrolling on realestate.com compared to domain. So you're kind of setting up the scene here that when you're looking at competition between domain and realestate.com, that real estate seems to be the more... I guess, entrenched player in Australian society. That's exactly right. I'm really trying to think about why that is. Like, how did they get to this point of such incredible dominance over the real estate market? Well, I feel like I was reading, and it kind of comes back to your point that like they started in 1995 in that dot-com era. They were kind of like one of the three legacy internet businesses in Australia up against, I think it was like car sales and seek, like car sales.com.au and seek and REA group kind of all started in that they were the Australian highlights yeah. compared to like the US Amazon. They would be two other great businesses to do for this series, yeah. Seek and Car Sales. Yeah, so I think they built the brand over a longer period of time. It's kind of like looking at a company being like they're an Australian darling. Like people just know REA Group and maybe they've just had a longer time in the market so Domain hasn't been able to penetrate it as well. Yeah, it seems in this case there has been a pretty genuine first mover advantage. So is there anything else, I guess, comparison wise that you would compare with domain and real estate differences in business model or yes so I want to start with difference in ownership because they are kind of weirdly similar in this respect REA group as I touched on in the intro is owned by News Corp Mm -hmm. and today they are 61% owned by News Corp so I think other brands that come under the News Corp banner are Herald Sun the Australian the Daily Telegraph Whereas Domain is 60% owned by Nine Entertainment. So think Sydney Morning Herald, that Australian Financial Review, The Age. You know what? That really makes sense because this is going to be the weirdest thing ever. But REA Group's red. And I think of like the Australian, like red. You know, it's red. That's its logo. It's like red and navy blue. It's like really old school. Whereas Domain's color is green and it sits with like the AFR, which is like blue. And like, (laughs) yeah. Like it's making sense. And like Nine, Channel Nine's blue. And like, you know, it's just the visuals. It works. It fits. It works. So I guess the next interesting comparison is REA is 100% digital in how it goes to market whereas Domain is actually still leveraging I guess that nine entertainment background you probably will know that Domain still has magazines yeah so you know that like where you can flick through like the good old days and have a look at the homes so do you think that that gives I mean we'll get into the more obvious in a bit but like maybe REA a little bit of a competitive advantage that people are more likely to look online for properties or really in this in this industry of people love like looking through a magazine instead yeah I guess in my mind what it comes down to so for background it 
the magazines and the newspaper sort of print version of domain makes up about 10% of its revenue. Okay. But with that comes higher costs. Yeah. And so that's sort of the disadvantage in my mind is, yes, although there's another medium that domain has in its print, with print comes higher costs as well. And so it is affecting their margins. Which I guess in turn impacts the ability to be paying dividends to shareholders or reinvesting money back into the company to grow it to a further extent. Yes. And speaking of growth, let's sort of touch on just briefly, I guess, what the outlook is for both of these two companies. Both of them have gone into the mortgage broking business. Yeah. Really quickly, quick recap. What is mortgage broking? Sophie, what is mortgage broking? (laughs) (laughs) No, a mortgage broker is basically, I do know this. I do know the answer to this question. If I want to buy a house and I need to get a mortgage, I can either myself go to lots of different banks and each work with each of them individually to try and find the best rate yeah essentially that is the role of a mortgage broker so you give your details to the mortgage broker and they do all of that for you and they have a knowledge of the market they know based on your profile what you're able to lend who I guess are the best banks to be able to go to to get the best deal yeah they'll go to a couple and they'll essentially find you the best rate so realestate.com has moved into this business how does that work they both have so domain home loans has about 9.4 million dollars of revenue in fy22 realestate.com or rea group acquired mortgage choice a couple of years ago and they have an estimated revenue in fy22 albeit this is not reported so i guess it's rumored but of 525 million. So compare that to the 9.4 million of domain, mortgage choice is massive. And from what I understand, and I could be really wrong because I'm not that close to the property market, but mortgage broking is quite a lucrative business because you are taking a fee from whatever mortgages you get. So if I go to realestate.com and you know get a mortgage with them, you get a fee every year that I pay like my interest back to the bank. So it's yeah. quite, I mean, if you're in a growth area, it's quite a lucrative business. And I guess also it makes so much sense for both of these businesses to be going into the mortgage broking space because Mm -hmm. you can imagine if this many people are on realestate.com each month and then they click into a house that they're looking to buy and there's an estimated price. REA Group are able to position, you know, their mortgage broking business, mortgage choice on the page to be able to do things like estimate what your repayments might be, Mm. estimate how much you would need to borrow. They can really leverage the stronghold that they already have on the Australian market to bring in more business. The latest stats I could find, they are originating about 5% of mortgages in Australia currently. So given they only acquired mortgage choice in 2021, it's pretty solid. And they have a target of doing 10% of all mortgages in Australia. And it makes sense, right, for the consumer. Like it's a one-stop shop. I've even noticed on it like now when you scroll down, it asks you like how much are you paying in rent? And then Mm. you like can put it in and then it's like, well, if you paid this much more, you could actually be a homeowner. So if you realize what that's doing, (laughs) collecting so much data, this is why REA Group is has such... I mean, I feel like I keep saying it's such a stronghold on the market. True, they've collected that um, a 27-year-old pays X amount in rent and one to live in this suburb next to the beach. (laughs) The final point that I think is worthwhile making, as far as I can see, Domain has no international presence or exposure, whereas as I touched on at the beginning, REA Group is really expanding into lots of different markets, particularly around Asia and also the U.S., Okay. So that's the other sort of big avenue for growth. 
really random question before we head to our sponsors. Can you invest in Domain? Like, is yep. it publicly listed yes. through Domain? Not Nine. No. Not Channel Nine. Yeah. So, in the Jeremy. same way, so Nine Entertainment owns 60% of Domain. Right. In the same way that News Corp owns about the same. So, if you invest in Nine Entertainment, you do get exposure to Domain as a business. Yep. But you can invest in Domain directly as well on well, the ASX. Interesting. I didn't know that. Maybe we'll leave it there, take a quick break for our sponsors, and when we get back, we'll be chatting about the competitive advantages of REA Group. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So, Mads, before the break, we kind of built up a little bit about the competition for REA Group, the story. The next step that we look at when we're building an investment thesis is building out the moat or the competitive advantages that a company has. When you were doing your research, what really stood out as a competitive advantage for REA Group? Have you heard of something called the flywheel effect? No. (laughs) I feel like I've seen it in like random business strategy, I don't know, articles or research things. But basically the flywheel effect is when small wins for your business build on each other over time and you eventually gain so much momentum that the business almost seems to just happen by itself. The growth just compounds a bit like an investing. Mm. (laughs) I want to illustrate, I guess, how the flywheel effect is taking place at REA Group because it is very much taking place. Talk me through it. We start, as we've touched on a few times in this episode so far, with the incredible market share that REA Group has. So if you drive past a house that you see is for sale Mm. and it's in an area in a suburb that you might be interested in buying, what are you going to do? Look it up. Yeah. You're not going to get out of your car and go and look at the bloody banner outside the front of the house. You're going to go on REA Group and have a look. And what that means is that if you want to sell a house, you need to be putting it on REA Group. Yeah. It's going to be your biggest asset. You want to get a good price for it. And what this, I guess, translates to for REA Group is really big pricing power. What I mean by that is REA Group can essentially increase its prices without losing sort of any meaningful market share which means that they can charge higher prices than their competition for what they're offering. And that's because if you want to sell your house, you kind of need it to be on REA Group. Yeah. You want the eyes because if you have eyes on your house, you have more competition at an auction, meaning you're happy to forego the cost at the beginning. Exactly. Now, like we said, more eyes on the platform and little smart things like them getting you to input your rent translates to data advantages for REA Group. So by reaching significantly more Australians than its competition, that translates into really big data advantages and increasing insights on buyers, sellers, renters, which creates a more seamless property experience for people who are using the website because they're able to, I guess, leverage the information to make it a better experience for you. So if it's a streamlined process, people are like happy to be sitting 
on REA Group because it's not like a clunky platform. And like you said, you know, if you put your rent in and then it can tell you that, well, based on that, you could be saving this much or only paying this much more. It's all these sort of insights that make it a more informed, superior experience. And really to be able to do that well, it just needs eyes on the platform and being able to actually capture that data. So eyes on the platform, what does that translate to? Well, with more eyes comes advertising dollars, right? Because with such a large percentage of Australia's population on realestate.com each month, people want to be advertising their products on it because they know that it's going to reach a really large portion of Australia's population. Well, if 65% of the adult population in Australia is on this website, you want your advertising on there too. Which in turn attracts real estate agents. Now, I've heard that apparently real estate agents hate REA Group. Oh, But they just have to use it. I think they hate it because it kind of challenges their business, business, I guess. Let's get into that in a little bit. But if they want to get a good price for their clients, they're forced or strong-armed into listing on REA Group. Right. So like you're saying that it attracts real estate agents to actually use the site to drive eyes on property. Exactly. REA Group have been able to then improve the experience for real estate agents via their business PropTrack, which gives them like great insights and information for when they're interacting with their clients. You know, it attracts good people to work at the business. They were named, I think, the fourth best employer in Australia. That's so funny that you say that because when we were finishing uni, like Sam, my partner, was like, I really want to work at REA Group. I'm like, that is so random. And yeah. like applied and everything. And I was like, he's like, I've just heard the best things about it. One of my friends the other day was saying that someone he used to work with is now head of strategy or something really cool at REA Group. And I was like, having researched more into this business and realized just how broad it is, but also how like incredibly successful it is as a business model. Like what a cool job to be able to be working very senior in strategy at a place like that. Yeah. So I feel like I'm getting the flywheel effect. Like you talk, like it <laughs> starts glad. from the property, it moves into like they have power over the market and power over the market means you bring in more real estate agents, which brings in more pe- good people. And it's kind of a compounding effect, I guess, to grow the business's presence in Australia. Exactly. And I guess what that really does is just creates barriers to scale. So when we go back to thinking about what is a moat, we're talking about what is stopping market share from being taken from REA Group. And in this case, it is just so deeply entrenched in so many different aspects of the property cycle that it's really hard for anyone to compete. So I've got a question for you then bit off the cuff what do you think like someone like domain would have to do to take rea group's position well ultimately everything stems back to eyes on the platform yeah so domain need to get more people on their website Mm. how do they do that i don't know maybe like acquiring a data business or hiring an amazing marketing team or just doing something like crazy yeah crazy stunts (laughs) I think your data point is a valuable one because ultimately insights are going to attract more people and more eyes to the website. So maybe they need to go into that a little bit more. I also think like the moat here is one thing I do think about when you think about Australian businesses is maybe that like an international player could come and compete in the Australian market with more resources and whatever else. But I think Australian property is so unique yeah, and the market is so unique and the consumer is so unique. Like our property market is not like any other in the world. We're so obsessed with it that I think an international player would struggle to really penetrate and like 
get to us. You know? Yeah, I completely agree. I think it is unlikely in this case that there is, you know, it's not like a big US company. For example, in previous episodes, we've talked about the threat of the likes of Amazon. Yeah. You know, you just don't really have that same comparison in countries outside of Australia. The final thing that I will sort of touch on is the way in which REA Group have leveraged this position that they have to go deeper into different areas and different sort of touch points across the property market. What do you mean by that? So they have been acquiring all sorts of different businesses and I'll touch on a couple of them briefly now. Sympology is a provider of mortgage applications and e-lodgement solutions for the broking and lending industries. They've got Realtor, which is a digital platform providing end-to-end technology solutions for the real estate transactions process. They've got Campaign Agent, which is a buy now, pay later solution for Australian the Australian real estate market. Oh I God, that scares me. <laughs> I know. And they've got a company called Managed Platforms, which is essentially an emerging property management software platform. So because of their position, their customers, the insights, that they have, they're able to sort of go deeper into really niche areas of the property market and just continue to really strengthen that position. Okay, so you've built it up. The flywheel effect, it's just rolling over and they've been able to make acquisitions. They're expanding internationally as well. What would be a reason you'd be hesitant to invest in REA Group? I guess step number five being you've got to tear apart the investment thesis and be a devil's advocate. Well, let me ask you, How dependent do you think REA Group's success is on the broader property market in Australia? I want to say it's really dependent on it because obviously buying houses, if the economic environment is in a downturn, people aren't buying or vice versa. But then there's a part of me that's like it also has rental properties and people always need housing. I don't know. So Mm. does it weigh it up or does it really affect it? So I guess let's think of it in the positive way first because I think then it's sort of the counter argument becomes more obvious. If the property market is super strong Mm. and prices are rising really quickly, you're more inclined to want to sell your house because you can sell it and get a really good price, which means you're more inclined to use REA Group, which means you're more inclined to be spending more time on the website, looking at other properties that you might be able to buy. The flywheel effect goes on and on. Yeah. So I guess the flip side of that, if we think about property prices being down at the moment, we think about all the issues that have been happening in the construction industry. So new home builds are down. And then the other part of their business, which is that mortgage choice. So if people are buying less houses, they're applying for less mortgages, which means there's less need for a mortgage broker. So the list sort of goes on, but I would say ultimately, if the property market is less strong, it is going to sort of have a bit of a negative impact on REA Group. One counter argument I may have that I don't actually know, but a thought (laughs) for further research is maybe diversifying into mortgage broking a way to diversify their revenue because technically, even though people are applying for less mortgages in a downturn, interest rates are going up. So that clip of a mortgage fee every year goes up with that. Mm, is that how it works? I think it's how it works, like a percentage. So you might be paying like 1% to your mortgage broker mm. with every interest payment. I don't know. Um, that percentage is made up from thin air. But if that's how it works, that yeah. would be an amazing diversification strategy. Well, the other one that I was thinking about, which is what I thought you were going to say, is 
do you use a mortgage broker to refinance? I think so. Because yeah. it would be with a bank. Potentially. I know a lot of people are refinancing their mortgages at the moment. So maybe that is another avenue as well. The other sort of counter argument, which is an interesting one, is I was reading somewhere that apparently when the property market is super strong, there is a rise in off-market transactions. Yeah, okay. So there's more just sort of person-to-person you know, houses not going to auction, things like that, which is obviously negative for REA Group because people aren't listing on their platform. So there is this argument that maybe in a softer market with interest rates going up, people are going to maybe be a bit more desperate to sell their home, that maybe a softening property market also has some benefits for REA Group. But I think I guess the devil's advocate here is that like the group is quite attached to what's happening in the Australian property market. I think for me personally, as you can probably tell by my <laughs> lack of knowledge of what a bloody mortgage broker is, if I'm not close to the property market, I don't know how REA is going to be going, you know? Agreed. And we understand interest rates, right? And there's a general sentiment that interest rates may have peaked or may have a couple more to go, I think the RBA is saying, but you know, inflation is starting to come down. So it's probably not going to go up that much more. How that actually translates to everyone who has a mortgage, whether there's still a lot more to play out, whether that means that we've kind of seen most of the issues happen already. I have no sense of any of that, how that is going to impact the real estate market more generally. So is there any other downsides for REA Group? The main one that I would hear more generally is that the company is overvalued. Right. So the stock price is too high for the value that you're getting. Yeah. And there is an argument as well that for companies that are valued quite highly, they tend to perform less well in a rising interest rate environment. And that's a very sort of overarching statement. But for companies that are valued quite highly, historically, they have been more impacted by increasing interest rates. Yeah. And I guess like in the research, there's a lot of people saying that it's, you know, kind of at its peak of value. I don't know. To be honest, I haven't looked into the financials enough. I don't really know how to look into the financials enough to really understand that. Yeah. But I think as a devil's advocate, there's just a general consensus that that's where it's at at the moment. Definitely. So step number six then is our final step, which is the most exciting talking about whether we think this is a good investment or not. And to do so, you kind of look to the future. So where do you see REA Group headed? Well, so if we touched on earlier about how there's this rumor that real estate agents hate REA Group, if you are a real estate agent and would like to confirm or deny it, please feel free to let (laughs) us know because I could have got this out of nowhere. But I want to put a question back to you, which is why do you think that would be? Probably because in my mind, if you're thinking future wise, you're thinking about like advancements in technology and like a lot of advancement in technology is getting rid of middlemen. Like why couldn't REA group as the platform that people go to search for houses just help you buy the house? Like surely there could be a new technology that's developed where you auction online, you don't need someone showing you through the house and I don't know. Yeah, I guess there is a real question around whether realestate.com and REA Group more generally could actually just displace real estate agents on the whole. Yeah. Because if you have this platform where you can see lots of different houses, you can do the research around your mortgages and how much you'd be paying, I mean, neither of us have ever gone through the process of buying a house, so maybe I'm severely undervaluing what real estate agents bring to that experience. But I do wonder, like you said, with how technology is developing, is this something that REA Group can just tap into and kind of 
take over. So looking to the future, AI and technology is something they can easily adopt. Is there any other arguments around, you know, where they're headed next? Yes. I really want to talk about REA Group's international expansion story because I find this super interesting. So we talked about before how Australians are obsessed with property and how it's probably unlikely that a large international company could come in and really threaten REA Group because of how unique the property market is in Australia. In other countries, home ownership just isn't as highly valued, as important. But what REA Group is doing at the moment is they're expanding heavily into Asia in particular. And mm-hmm. I touched on in the intro that they've become the number one player in the India market. Mm-hmm. And what they're able to do in these markets is they've actually identified that a lot of countries in Asia actually do have quite similar philosophies around home ownership but they haven't ever had the infrastructure to really facilitate it in the way that REA Group does here. Interesting. So what they've been able to do in India, as an example, is create this really incredible platform that actually really leans into the fact that the Indian population has quite a similar culture around real estate and around property in Australia and facilitate and improve that experience. And it's hitting, it's doing really well. And so I guess that leads to more exponential growth. If someone says the company is overvalued, are they just looking at it from like the domestic perspective or really is there a lot of growth opportunity because there's so much market that could be tapped into that they haven't done yet? Well, I guess if they didn't have international markets, I'd be worried, right? Because we've already got 65% of Australia's <laughs> adult population looking at this website every day. So you True. would really have to question how much more can they be getting But if there is a really genuine opportunity to expand that much overseas and to really transform these markets in a meaningful way, it's pretty compelling. So if you're thinking about investing in the company, you have your eye on their international expansion and also what technologies they're adopting to better their platform. Exactly. So time to start doing your research into the Asian property markets, it seems. (laughs) Seems overwhelming, to be honest. Let us leave you with that. (laughs) If you have been loving these episodes, please share with a friend. We would also love to get to know your thoughts about the episodes and engage in conversation with our social media. I feel like I would love for a real estate agent to come at me about our research for this episode. Like, Try and tear down some of our investment theses. Get in contact either via Instagram, YIGC podcast, or the same handle on TikTok. If a mortgage broker comes at us being like, that is not my job. We're so sorry. (laughs) Let's have that conversation. We will continue it online on our Facebook group, YIGC Investing Podcast Discussion Group. We'll make sure that if we do get any criticism, we'll share it with the community so that they can be well across, well versed on this argument. Otherwise, you will hear from us next week. Catch you then. Bye. You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697.